How do you get true mobile ROI by including ad monetization data in your mobile revenue? Welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John Kutsir. True ROI calculation requires complete data. Sure, you've got in-app purchases, but you've also probably got ad monetization data. How do you get all of that, match it up, and figure out your true ROI? To get more details, we're chatting with Lisi Gardner, Senior Product Manager for Analytics for Singular. Welcome, Lisi. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Super happy to have you as well. And we are keeping you. I mean, this podcast is keeping you from pizza and wine. Is that not correct? <laughs> it's your Friday night and we are keeping you from pizza and wine, but you're here because you're a trooper. Yeah. No, I would rather talk about Admon than eat pizza and wine is the crazy I know. Thing. Who doesn't want to talk about Admon all the time? Absolutely. Let's start there. Uh, can you briefly explain what is ad monetization for apps? Sure. It's funny because I actually, I do sessions internally all the time for like when we onboard people and like uh, you would think admon is simple enough to be like, okay, well, you're adding ads in your app to monetize your activity. And it's just a, one business model that, you know, app developers have, but it, it gets more complex, right? Which ads do you want to show? Which networks do you want to work with? What mediation platforms do you want to work with? Um, when do you show an ad? What is the value you expect to get for showing that ad? Which countries are you optimizing? So little by little, it starts to get more and more complex. But really, in a nutshell, right? You're just adding different placements in your app where you show an ad to your users. Yeah, everything is simple when you look at it from a distance, right? And then you get involved, <laughs> you get closer, and all of a sudden the details start to matter. Maybe give us uh, an overview. Uh, what's the current state of ad-based monetization? I mean. We, we typically think of hyper casual games as a segment that really focuses on advertising and sure they do, but there's more to it, right? Yeah, definitely. Like I think that, you know, ad monetization has changed a lot over the last couple of years. It's not just hyper casual games that are monetizing and, and even how, you know, game developers are thinking about monetizing has changed because now we're seeing people doing more hybrid things. You have some in-app purchases, some um, different uh, ads, and even the type of ads is also evolving and changing and the things that uh, people are adding now. You know, a lot of gaming clients prefer to have things like rewarded videos, which feel less invasive for users. And, and a lot of you know, gamers are, are becoming used to this business model and they like it. They, 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 they are familiar with it. They know how to use it and, and they want to see it in their games as well. So, uh, you know, we're seeing mid-core games also adopting this um, and, and it's constantly evolving. Yeah. Well, it's very nice from a gamer perspective in terms of it's a big step to buy something in a game, right? I mean, you have to actually really, for most people, maybe not everybody, but for yeah. most people, it, you have to actually really like a game, be invested in a game, be using, playing that game frequently for, and, and maybe be frustrated in something, <laughs> buy something in the game for you to buy something. But yeah. rewarded video, ad monetization, it's kind of painless, right? Yeah. Well, it, it really depends. And, it, and it's funny, though, because like for in-app purchases, like the, you know that the, the percentage out of your total users that are making in-app purchases is very small. Um, and then, you know, people focus on the whales because people that purchase like they're used to purchasing, they're going to make more purchases. But it is, it's the same with ads as well in gaming, you know, like the users that understand how these different um, 
ads work, especially all the rewarded uh, ads in games, they understand the business model and they're happy to watch a video, click an ad or whatever to to earn points, right? Or or to get more lives or more credits or whatever it is that that game is offering. So so there's also ad whales on the on the advertising side as well. Yeah, and and a sense of giving back to the developer, giving back to the publisher, because you know, I mean, I've had a bunch of games recently that I've enjoyed, I've really liked, I've had fun, and I don't really want to buy something in the game, but if I can watch a few ads and they can make a few pennies on that, a few dimes, maybe a little bit more, <laughs> who knows? Uh, then then all the better, right? And actually, sometimes it works. Sometimes the app that they're uh, marketing in there is something you're interested in, you install it. Oh, definitely. Like there's a huge crossover in users that are interested in gaming. And I think that that's also kind of why it's like snowballed effect for games, because, you know, users that are downloading, um, you know, gambling apps, like they'll download more than one. If you're, and you're into hyper casual games, you're into et cetera, all the different, uh, it's like you keep on adding more and more games and, and there's a short uh, lifespan for them, but, but that's what users uh, enjoy doing. Absolutely. Especially now with uh, with COVID, um, like it's crazy what's happening. We're seeing like just higher numbers across the board in terms of revenue and in-app purchases and uh, ad monetization and retention. And people are, instead of going out for pizza on their Friday <laughs> nights, they're staying at home and playing games, you know? So it's With cool. some wine, who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's weird, actually. It's really weird. I mean, historically, just uh, from, from what's happening on the planet, because it's different everywhere and it's changing all the time. So you're in Israel, I believe, and you've just been put back under a very hardcore lockdown. I think you can't travel more than a certain number of kilometers or miles from your house or something like that. And, and, and many other places have reopened or they're shutting down in, in secondary third waves. So it's, it's a kind of a weird, unpredictable time. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect answer. Exactly. We don't need to go more, more deeply into that. Okay. Let's talk about, so you, you mentioned that there's strategy involved. You mentioned that there's hybrid monetization models. And, and sometimes there's in-app purchase and sometimes there's ads and then there's different types of ad experiences as well. And there's strategy involved in that. Well, you've got teams doing that, right? Uh, ad monetization teams. How do those teams work? How, what are they composed of? Who's on those teams? Yeah, so it, it's really interesting to see how that that has also been changing uh, because traditionally, I and mean, you know, traditionally, I mean like, three years, four years, five years, not it's that long. Global. We understand it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you've had like two different teams. Usually you have the UA team focusing on user acquisition and then you have the supply side. And, and traditionally it's like um, they're usually very close or they are a product manager because you're constant. What you're trying to optimize really is um, a couple things. One is um, making sure that your retention isn't hurt by having these ads shown, right? So there's kind of like finding a balance between, okay, I'm annoying my users with so many ads and it's like total spam um, and they don't want to log back in. And also like making sure that it gives them, that the, the user enjoys the experience and that they're watching more ads and that it's a good place to, to load the ad um, and that they're engaging with it. Because it's and so what's happening is basically, you know, they're getting all the data, their reports, of, uh, and 
depending where they're getting their data from, and we can get more into that, um, they'll have more granularity, more visibility into what their users are doing. Um, and then they have to understand, well, what was the revenue I got from that? And then do I want to change that placement? Do I want to um, continue to uh, add more ads in this section of the game? It's, it's working well. Do I want to open it up to more segments? Um, and so they're kind of optimizing like that. But then it's also an issue of optimizing your waterfall, right? So what's happening is usually you're working with a mediator and the mediator is helping decide which network gets to serve the ad in that one placement for that one ad request. Mm -hmm. And and it has been historically a very manual process, right? So you're setting a specific like bid floor for that ad rate. And, and now users, not users, networks are moving more towards in-app bidding. So it's automatic. It's like real-time bidding. It's there's an auction being held for every impression, and you no longer have to manually be uh, managing all the waterfall. But it's still very much a hybrid right now because there's not as much um, supply. Mm -hmm. So so like I've seen like gamers are like kind of putting their toes in, but they haven't fully jumped uh, off the cliff for in-app bidding. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how that's changing. And then on top of that, like we're seeing a lot of uh, game game developers that have decided to have a more hybrid vision of how they manage their their games. So it's usually typically more smaller studios where they have one uh, one team that manages both the UA and the monetization, and it gives them a more holistic understanding of what's happening in the game. Like mm -hmm. who are these users that I'm acquiring, and then how are we monetizing them? Um, and and it's it's a lot, <laughs> and they have to make sure that they have the right data to be able to to get the full spectrum picture of what's happening in the game. That makes a ton of sense. It's two sides, but it's the same coin, right? I mean, the same people that you're bringing in, the same people that you're trying to monetize from. Uh, yeah. You need the users to come in. You also need to make some money to pay your bills and everything else. So it makes perfect sense. It's funny that you mentioned the bidding piece because Facebook just had an interesting announcement on that, didn't it? Yeah, they did. They just announced that they're kind of setting a, a time a deadline for moving all their uh, game developers to just bidding. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think that it's it's kind of a push the industry needs also, I think, um, to, to head that way. Yeah. 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 So we've talked around it a little bit, but let's dive right down into the core of it. So revenue is good. I mean, nobody's going to argue with that. More revenue. Uh, absolutely. That's wonderful. But attributable revenue that you know the cost of achieving how much it costs you to get that revenue. That's better, right? How do you get there? Yeah, so that's kind of been the dream, I guess, from day one for all game developers to be able to measure exactly how much each user is bringing in to have the actual LTV um, and then be able to build your you know, marketing plans based on that. Um, and it's just, I think that this is where it gets complicated because understanding where you can get data <laughs> is yes. complex and what data you get from where is fragmented. So for example, you know, you need to, as a, as a game developer, you start off by, you know, uh, making sure you uh, have your app and then you add your mediator and then you add your networks and then the data you get from your network and the mediators is different. Then you have to add an MMP to do your UA. And then the data that you get from your MMP might be very robust or it might be also limited. Um, and then you have all your cost data that you want to aggregate. And so piecing it all together is, is really 
interesting work. Um, and I think that now we're seeing more and more the MMP kind of moving into that space um, and being the one that, that pieces it all together. And I think at Singular, it's been really great. I mean, it's, it's been fun, I guess, <laughs> to say um, for us because we really started from the analytics perspective, right? Originally, we were only an analytics company, and then we became, uh, we, uh, you know, um, grew into the MMP space. And so we have a very much an analytics mindset onto how we attack these problems. Um, and so we're kind of helping our clients piece together all this data and try to have it be as granular as possible. And I think that the, the most challenging thing for us has been able to visualize like, it, yes, to show our users where all this data is coming from and why it's different. Mm -hmm. Because that's really the tricky place. Like, you know, for us, matching the data and being able to tie the data to the user level, we can do it. Uh, but then you have to understand why is yesterday's data not available? Why does my actual revenue look like this? Why does my cohort revenue look differently? Um, so, so, yeah, that's the, the complex part. You, you said interesting challenge and you said exciting challenge at one point, I think, or something like that. I'm going to leave those terms on your side there because that's <laughs> like a lot of really, really hard work. But I'm glad that there are people who consider that to be interesting and exciting. That's wonderful because there's others of us in the world who don't agree with that, but we're happy to be different. Let's talk about, and you mentioned some of them, right? You mentioned MMP, you mentioned mediation platforms, but what are the essential components in the tech stack for an admon team? Right, so so we went over some of them. Uh, we have, you know, you wanna make sure that you've selected your mediator or multiple mediators as we're seeing more and more. Um, and you're working with specific networks um, alongside with your mediation. And then you, um, on top of that, need to make sure that you've selected your MMP and then you're working with all the different networks to pull in all the cost data for that. So this is kind of more of a BI perspective, I guess you, you could think of yes. it, um, like to make Which sure okay. that, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and uh, so you, and, and then at this point, like you, you will have different levels of data. So, right. So it's easier to start pulling in all your aggregated levels of data. And what I mean by that is that a lot of the networks will provide to you a breakdown of revenue, uh, per game, per country for X time frame. Um, but then how do you take that data and then um, associate it with your UA data? And that's where it gets tricky. And that's where, you know, it's really critical to, to have the user level revenue because the more granular you are, then the easier it is for us to be able to build an ROI report that is granular and that we can cohort as well. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's really how all optimization for uh, app developers works, right? You wanna make sure that you're not just looking at how much revenue did I make yesterday or how much revenue did I make for a month? Like that's more like a finance perspective, I guess, you know, yeah. like bottom line, but you wanna be able to understand, okay, what is the the journey of my users? Like what do they do day one, day two, day three? Where do they drop off? Where do they come in? How much revenue, like how many ads are you willing to watch on day one versus <laughs> day seven? And <laughs> am I making as much revenue as I can for that activity, right? Because there's also things like understanding impression depth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a little bit more so, like sophisticated, I guess, uh, for, for some clients and, and, and building a model for that is, is challenging. Uh, but being able to, to see like, if you're a user, you watch one ad, okay, maybe, you know, you thought it was, it sounded like a cool game, you'll download it, but then you watch a second ad, a third ad, you're less engaged. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to capitalize that and understand, okay, my user's watching his first ad, his second ad, his third ad. Um, which ad am I going to serve him? Which ad unit do I want him to see? Um, that's where it gets like trickier. And being able to have granular data is the most important part. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Let's get out the crystal ball a little bit and look at the future of ad monetization. There's some headwinds. Uh, We see iOS 14 is coming. IDFA is deprecating. We'll see how that goes, when that happens sometime in 2021. What do you see in the future? I mean, I think it's it's all kind of started to play out step by step. I think the first focus right now for everybody with the changes with iOS 14 is really making sure that we are able to attribute the data properly on the UA side. And now slowly once, like, I feel like most of us are getting there and we feel confident about uh, how that's going to work. Now we're kind of starting to turn and looking at the ad monetization side. So I think that there's a couple things that we can probably get a understanding of is that, you know, perhaps the ads will be less tailored and less segmented because we won't be able to have the device ID like we had before. Um, but I think that there's a lot of really, uh, like smart players, you know, different mediation platforms are kind of putting out different products, um, already taking into consideration that they won't have device ID. So the goal is still to be able to provide the ROI report for the game developers. And so how are we going to do that? Um, I think is might change. Um, but we want to make sure that you know the gamers are still game developers are still able to to have that final report given that you referred to three years ago practices we were doing three years ago as traditional i think <laughs> that it's pretty much guaranteed that things are going to change and they're going to keep changing and they're not going to stop changing but glad you're on top of that now we're doing this about a week maybe 10 days before you're doing a pretty major webinar on this topic correct Correct. So are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, I'll be moderating. Uh, so we've got experts from GameHive, Neon Play, Voodoo, Mopub. It's going to be exciting. What are some of the key topics that you're going to be bringing up? I'm excited because um, I've been working uh, with these guys closely, and you know we've been talking so long about data, and they're each a little bit kind of a different representation of um, a gaming industry. Um, so I think you know we're going to be learning about some of the stuff we've discussed already here. So like how different teams are working, how are they measuring things? What are they looking at? What are the key metrics that they're looking for? How they're building their tech stacks? And then how are they working with the mediator and how do they select different mediators? Um, And so I think it'll be interesting to hear from each one and and to hear from Mopub also, like what do they think are some of the um, kind of like uh, industry standards or, or best practices um, that they mm-hmm. recommend and what they're seeing also. So it should be really interesting. We have a really good panel and um, I'm excited. We've got a top-notch panel. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, this has been wonderful as well. Super, super interesting. Huge apologies for keeping you from the pizza and wine. <laughs> you know, you are like minutes away from that right now. Thank you so much for spending your basically Friday afternoon with us. Thank you so much, Lisey. No problem. It was great to be here. <laughs>